Hello, and thanks for joining us. We hope you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged by today's message. Welcome to the river. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. It's kind of where we're taking the, the center of our thought today and just kind of the, uh, the basis of our message. Uh, we are continuing our series, Committed to Contentment. How many of you want to be content in your life, find contentment in your life? Yes, Paul said in Philippians 4, 11, that I have learned that whatever state I'm in, whatever circumstance I'm in, whatever situation I am, I have learned to be content. I've learned to trust the Lord. I've learned to rely on Jesus in that. Last week I began a message called Guarding Our Heart Against Discontentment. We talked about a couple of things. We talked about closing the door to discontentment and how that is kind of like a door wedge in our life. Discontentment becomes this door wedge that props the door open and leaves room for the enemy to kind of issue some things through that door, to get some things into our lives that otherwise the door would be closed to. We want God to run the door of our lives. We want him opening doors to the right things and shutting the door to the wrong things. Amen. We want him leading that, guarding that, guiding that, and being in charge of that completely. We also talked about how contentment closes the door to comparison, and that discontentment begins where, where comparison begins. We, we start to compare our lives to other people. We start to look at others, and we start to think, why them, not me? Why are things happening for them that's good and it's not happening in my life. They seem to have been just praying for just a little bit about this situation and they've already got an answer. I've been praying for years about a situation and I haven't got an answer yet. And so we start to compare and when we start to compare, discontentment is, becomes a wedge that kind of props the door open for the enemy to start working in our lives. Matthew 5.5 5 says this. It says, you're blessed when you're content. With just who you are. Again, let me stop there and just say again, clarifying, that with who you are truly in Christ Jesus. That, that's the key there. It's not just who I am as a, as a person outside of Christ, but who I am in Christ, I'm content with just who I am there. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. How many of you know the best things in life are things that can't be bought? The genuine things in life, the things that last, the things that are real, the things that are everlasting, amen, are things that cannot be bought. They are given to us through and by the Lord. We kind of talked a little bit about the roots of discontentment and, and where some of that stuff comes from. And, and I mentioned one side of that coin in that it starts when we start questioning the goodness of God. Right? I mean, when we, we really have these places in our lives, probably all of us probably have some of these places somewhere where we just kind of wonder if God's really going to come through in that particular area. Now, we've seen him come through in, in maybe our finances. We've seen him come through maybe our, our, our bodies and needing healed and, and things like that. And so those areas we might be able to trust God in. But there's other areas that we haven't seen him come through yet, and we wonder if he's good on his word, if he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And so that becomes a place where we start to question the goodness of God, becomes a place where really we can allow discontentment to kind of creep in to our lives. But, you know, there's another place that we can also, what I would call the other side of that coin, is the problem, and it really kind of boils out or flows out of this comparison idea, that we know, we all know the truth about who we are, right? 
we all kind of know our behind the scenes. And so we, 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 we know what, what we struggle with. We know what we deal with. We know that, that all the, the places in our lives where we're not really living up to our own expectations, much less how could we ever live up to God's expectations. And because of that, we struggle believing the truth about who we really are in Christ. When we struggle to believe who we are in Christ Jesus, we give ourselves really an open door. We start to wedge that door open again for the enemy to come in and discredit, cause doubt, sow discontentment, and sow disappointment and frustration into our lives. It's really departing from the sufficiency of God. Colossians is all a study. We're doing it on Wednesday nights, and it is all a study about the sufficiency and the supremacy of Jesus, that he is all that he says he is, and he is all that he says he is to me. That I am who he says I am. Not because of me. Not because of my, my goodness. Not because of my successes. Not because of where I've, I've won and done well. But because of where he has succeeded and where he has victory in our lives. It has nothing to do with my endeavors. It has everything to do with who he is. And so when we depart from his sufficiency... And we can't, see, we can't see then how his truth applies to us. And we will win the war of discontentment when we fully understand and believe the Father's loves and his thoughts toward us. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. We win the war of discontentment when we fully understand and believe the Father's love and his thoughts toward us. His thoughts towards you are good. He loves you. He believes in you. He's fighting for you. And so we're going to continue our, our uh, message this morning. Let me pray and ask God's blessing upon it as we continue guarding our hearts against discontentment. Father, thank you for the people in this room. Lord, I pray that over the next few minutes that you just give them ears to hear. That, Lord, you give me a mouth to communicate. That you help me to really clearly communicate some truths, Lord, that just kind of help us guard our lives and help us to, to pull that wedge out of that door and let you run the door of our lives. God, when we let you do it, it, it just things go better. And so, Father, I'm asking you to help us this morning as we draw close to you and we learn from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first thing that we talked about was contentment closes the door to comparison. We got that last week. Now, second is this. Contentment also closes the door to double-mindedness. Double-mindedness. James 1.8 says this. He says he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. When you are double-minded... You are unstable in all your ways. You see the connection there in Scripture. Instability always results when we are double-minded about what we are doing, what we are pursuing, what we are called to do, where we are going with our lives. Our double-mindedness is manifested in constant changes in our life course. Simply put, instability is created when we live with too many options. I got too many options in my life. Because I got too many options in my life, I don't know if I want to go this direction or that direction. I'll get a little traction here, and then I change my mind, and I start to go in a different direction, and I get a little traction there, and suddenly I'm never really advancing forward in my life because I'm constantly living with too many options. This is what he says from the Message Bible in James 1.8. He says, a double-minded man is adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. I wake up in the morning. Instead of living intentional, and living on mission, and living with discipline, I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I say is, how do I feel 
what do I want to do based on my feelings, that's never living with discipline in our lives. Listen, I'm not against feelings. Feelings are good. God gave us feelings, didn't he? Feelings are a necessity of life. You can't connect with people if you don't have feelings, right? We need feelings. But feelings are good, but they have to be brought under the authority of Christ. We have to constantly bring how we feel under the authority of Christ because that's the person we consult. That's the person that makes the decisions. And so I'm saying to you this morning that narrowing your field of options concentrates your energy toward advancement and it lets God work in your life consistently and with a cause and with a purpose that is moving you forward in life. Life change happens. I wished, and now I'm sure there's some S personality people in the room, and what I mean by that are these are people, 70% of your church is made up of people who do not like change. Are you a person who does not like change? Well, if you are, you're in the majority this morning. I do not like change. I want to get up and I want to do the same thing the same way. I do not want my routine interrupted. I like to feel the security of the same thing. Now, I am not a person like that. I cannot get up in the morning. Now, there's certain things I am that way about. Uh, certain things I've got to have. I like to get up in the morning. I like to drink my little shake that I drink every morning. That's, that's comforting to me. It's like my coffee, right? Some of you get up in the morning, and you've got to have your coffee. You're just not the same every day. There's, there's certain things. We're all like that. But as a rule, I couldn't go to the work and do the same thing every single day and be happy with that. I would lose my mind. Some of you would like that. Some of you would like not having to deal with different differing circumstances life change happens we're all going to experience some things that that we can't control that, that come into our life go out of our life regardless of the life change whether it's positive or negative it still creates instability in our lives for a season right I mean if you get something new if you change jobs if you come into a new relationship it creates some change in your life which also produces some instability even if it's good like a new job might be exactly what I'm supposed to do but it still creates a season of where I'm learning it I'm experiencing it I'm trying to get into a groove of it constant life changes become unsustainable we have to have new behaviors because those are necessary, but creating new behaviors constantly with a constantly changing purpose creates instability. Now, here's what I'm getting at this morning. is no matter what you do with your life every single day, whether there's changes that are happening, good or bad, or whatever's going on, there has to be a consistency of purpose in your life that you get up with. That you get up every day and you say, I am committed to the will and the plan of God for my life. That is an unchangeable, that is a non-negotiable, that is something that I am not considering or I am not leaving out there. That is an option in my life that I have shut the door to. And so if it doesn't line up with God, if it doesn't line up with His Word, then it's not an option for my life. Amen. That is not what he's talking about. When we, when we say, you know, there's, there's always going to be changes. There's always going to be difficulties. There's always going to be things that are fluctuating in our life. That's not being double-minded. Being double-minded is today I'm committed to this cause, I'm committed to this course, and then the next day I'm not. We've got to make some decisions that we're locked into, some things that we're committed to, some things that, we are, that are non-negotiables in our lives. Double-mindedness happens when my purpose constantly changes. What is your purpose? Can I, can I go as far as to say this? I don't think you'll ever be happy, truly happy. I know you'll never find the joy in your life until you connect with the purpose of God for your life. 
you're always going to feel like there's something missing. You're always going to feel like there's a lack or there's a hole because the truth is there is. And so when we connect with that purpose, and that purpose, listen, church, it's always connected to that identity that we have in Jesus. Everything flows out of who we are in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's why when, when, when Jesus takes them to Caesarea Philippi, which is a terrible, terrible place, it is a, the filthiest place in, in, in the known world at that time. And I mean, it's just a horrible place to go. And he goes there and he says to Peter and he says to all the apostles, who do you say I am? And he says, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. Do you understand that right in that moment when Peter hears that and he knows that and he sees that, from that, from that conf confirmation, from that confession of his faith, from being able to understand that you are Jesus, you're the Messiah, you're the, you're the God I've been looking for, you're the one I need, you're the one I've been waiting on, from that, Jesus turns around and he says, and you're Peter. My identity is always tied to his identity. And when I understand who he is, I understand who I am. And from that place, I find purpose, I find direction, I find value, I find everything in the kingdom of God. I am saying to you this this morning. When we talk about contentment, close the door to double-mindedness, don't be, don't be wishy-washy. Don't, don't be in and out. Don't be up and down. Just kind of get into a place of consistency and constancy in your life where you know who God is, you know who you are in Christ Jesus, and you have a purpose emanating from that, and that becomes your guide and your direction. Discontentment comes in, and discontentment works against us, creating and establishing those positive patterns and sustained patterns of behavior rooted in divine purpose. It is a person that is constantly looking for different answers for the lack of happiness they have in their life. I'm trying this, I'm trying that, I'm looking here, I'm looking there. If I just had the right relationship, if I just had the right job, if I just had the right this, right that, everything would be better. At some point, we just have to make some decisions and stick with those decisions. When we don't close the door to double-mindedness, we really need no place for God to operate and bless our course. We dismantle that track of advancement and what does develop in its place is just this deep satisfaction that nothing is working like it should. Now, I'm going to tell you there's balance to everything, of course. Not keeping any options open in your life leads to inflexibility, rigidity, dogmatism. We don't need that either, right? Keeping too many options open in your life leads to an unprincipled life. So be consistent but flexible. Be determined but open-minded. Maintain the right balance between the two, and I promise you, God will keep moving you forward. Does anybody get frustrated with where they are in life? Who doesn't, right? I mean, we all have pictures in our minds of what this particular phase of life is supposed to look like. Do you know that a lot of times it never looks like that? I mean, when I thought I got my kids to a certain age, I thought they'd actually move out of the house. <laughs> you know, when I, when I, some of you are like, when I got to retirement, I didn't know that I was going to have to keep working another job. When I got married, I didn't know we were going to fight every day. Things like that. And so rarely does the season that we pictured in our mind match up with the season in our reality. But what we will find is if we will learn how to be content in all seasons, we'll find the value 
of those moments. We'll find that there is a precious God in the midst of all of it. And what he is doing is good things in your life. It may not be what you thought, but I promise you this. If you're with Jesus and you're sticking with him, it is going to be good. And he is going to take you to good places along the way. We get in trouble when we just give ourselves all these options that start to exist outside of his word, outside of the person of Christ. Those things become sinful. They become self-idolizing. Basically saying that we know better than God what I need for my life. The truth is we don't, we won't, we can't. Contentment is found in living in principles of the word and trusting God with the outcomes of our life. What we do must always be a reflection of who we are in Jesus. I mean, even the, everything that I talked about, even in the offering this morning, we want our ways to line up with his ways. So set a God-directed course and stick with it. Get planted and committed to a path. And watch how God will bring the ground up along the way to meet your feet. And he will cause doors to open, the right doors to open. And he'll lead you to where his goodness can be revealed in your life. So let me ask you this morning, is there some double-mindedness perhaps in your life that is creating some discontentment? Is it limiting your advancement and feeding dissatisfaction in your heart? If it is, I'm asking you to pull the wedge out this morning and close the door to that. Jump over to 2 Corinthians 10.4 if you want to in your Bibles, but it'll be on the screen for you. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So first, contentment closes the door to comparison, it closes the door to double-mindedness, and it closes the door to strongholds. Dis or contentment closes the door to strongholds. What is a stronghold, Pastor? Strongholds are negative patterns of behaviors that become fortified in our minds. When they become fortified, we have built a stronghold. Simply put, it is a place that we have believed a lie. Strongholds don't begin as strongholds. They begin as allowances. They begin as indulgences that we allow ourselves because we have a measure of internal dissatisfaction that we are not dealing with. If you have a measure of internal dissatisfaction that you are not living with, what you are doing, what we are doing, what I am doing, is we are sliding this wedge right there and cracking the door. We're giving some space for the enemy to start to work in our lives. So, so that dissatisfaction we've not dealt with, we're living with options now that exist outside of the Word of God. Over time, those things start to become patterns of behavior. They graduate to addictions and then become strongholds. In other words, they are lies with roots now. They're not just lies that we believe because all of us have believed a lie from here and time to time and then we realize it's a lie and then we move on and we're like, oh, that wasn't true, that wasn't right. But these are lies with roots. These are things that we've now committed ourselves to believing. Things that have become strengthened in our life and have power in our lives. Now, listen, no one here is perfected in the faith. Not yet. Maybe that's news to some of you. Maybe you think you already are. But we are still working toward being perfected and fully conformed to Christ's image. As long as we're in this life, we're going to continue on that path. So we all have areas 
that we are vulnerable to deception. Recognize that. Every one of us have areas that we are vulnerable to deception. If you don't believe that that's true, then you can start with that deception right there because you are giving yourself a pass to take a deep look at your life and perhaps places that you just believe things that are just really not true. You know, the devil is such a coward. He really is. He rarely attacks you at the beginning with lies when you're 40 years into following Jesus. When you have a deep understanding of the Word of God and you have built your life on a foundation of Christ. What, what he does is he starts when you're young, before you have that foundation. And, and he puts you in situations that are bigger than you, greater than you, difficult situations, situations that, that, that I said he puts you in, but sometimes they're not even situations that he puts you in. They're just situations that you find yourself in, right? And in those moments, we make vows, we make statements, we make, even if we don't say them out loud, we make them in our heart, and we say, I'm never going to let somebody treat me like that. Nobody's ever going to do me that way again. When I get to a place in my life where I'm in control, I am going to make these kinds of decisions, and I'm going to do these kinds of things. And, and all the while, the enemy is just kind of planting these seeds in our lives that are just allowed to exist and grow and, and they become these lies and they become these strongholds and these become these things that, that later he has to uproot, God has to uproot and just correct with his word. As we're conformed to his image, he corrects those things and he heals us of our misunderstandings and misconceptions. Finding contentment in Christ fortifies us against strongholds because he centers, it centers us on him. It centers us in him. And rather than looking to other things to meet the need we have, we look to Him. When we allow discontentment to continue, it just creates this idleness and this restlessness. And those are prime opportunities for the enemy to come in and tempt us. You remember the story of David that I shared a few weeks ago. How David is not living according to his purpose. 2 Samuel, I believe it's chapter 9. And he's not living according to his purpose. The, the Bible says in verse 1 there that, that he was in his house and he was living in the temple when it was the time for the kings to be out fighting battles and he was not there he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing and because of that he's in this restless place he's in this idle place he's up walking around in all hours of the night and he falls into temptation he, he walks into temptation and then it just goes on and becomes this out of control spiraling disaster in his life I'm bored or some of the enemy's favorite words to hear out of a child of God. That wedge of discontentment that just keeps the door open to all kinds of opportunities, desires, and actions that are not from the Lord. Boredom that creates openness to new options for my life and I look to them to be my solution rather than looking to God who is the only solution, the one solution. And so if you're here and you say, you know, Pastor, I think that there's probably places in my life I'm looking to find completeness I'm looking to find satisfaction. I'm looking to find fulfillment that are outside of God and outside of His words. I would encourage you to, to shut the door to those things because they're just going to be a wedge that allows the enemy to come in and begin to tempt you and begin to take you into deeper and deeper places, ultimately creating stronghold in your life. Contentment becomes this, this hedge against, against strongholds. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. 
Lastly, contentment closes the door to confusion. Man, we live in a, a confused world, don't we? Yes. Confusion thrives where contentment ends, where it's died. You know, the enemy's the author of confusion, not God. And his tactic is always to divide and destroy. He looks for individuals that he can leverage their discontent and create confusion and chaos through that discontent. Because a discontented soul will always be vulnerable to being a complainer and a catalyst for confusion and division and all of these kinds of things. Discontentment gives us this consent kind of to complain. No one likes a complainer except other complainers. Have you noticed that? It just leads to this critical spirit because we can't complain and be thankful at the same time. God, help us to be content. Help us to be thankful. Help us to be people that always turns to you. We don't want to be accusers. We don't want to have a critical spirit. We don't want to be questioners of motives and, and, and take the fundamental belief in people and discard it. We believe that people desire to do what's right and do what's good. And so let it close the door to confusion in your life. God wants to give you purpose. God wants to declare who you are in Him this morning. And if we'll do that, I promise you there's a place of contentment that we find in our lives that come from no other place. We just...